Come chat with Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 130 of Consignment Chats. Hey, ladies. Hey, welcome. You know what we're going to do today? We are going to chat. Yes. (laughs) We are going to help resellers diversify their business. Oh, like it. Complicated. Does it? Does it sound complicated? I mean, we know it's not. I know. Do you think people are like, oh, this this episode might be too much for me? Nah. Not our people. Not our people. Because they have us. It's us. Of course, it's not too much for you. It's us, right? We're here to help you, help you through it. So, I mean, we've talked about in previous episodes, all the different things we do. We're not just consignment sellers. We do think every reseller should be consignment ready. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about. Last week, we did the terms of consignment, like how you set all that up, why you set all that up, which is probably the most important part of that whole scenario. Um, But we do think like, how do you decide what model of business you're going to run? Are you going to be a buyout right? Are you going to do consignment? Are you going to do retail arbitrage? Are you going to, um, you know, thrift? Are you going to yard sale? Are you going to do a combo? Yeah. Estate sales. Yeah. How do you decide? How do you decide? I I don't think you have to. You just was going to say for all of it. Yeah. As long as you're prepared, I think every situation is different. I mean, sometimes I go to a garage sale to garage sale and I ended up buying outright or I end up consigning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that absolutely does happen. A hundred percent. And I think being ready for all those scenarios and deciding based on the situation, what works best in that scenario and just knowing how to handle each one is really a a big key to success and diversification. You do not have to pick one. I do not recommend you pick one. We do all, each of us do it all. Yep. And I'm I'm quite happy like that. Yeah. Truth. (laughs) So there's a lot, let's talk like all these things you just listed. There's certain things you'd have to have in place for these things to be able to do them. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, terms of consignment, you download the example consigner agreement. You have that in your little reselling toolbox. Yeah. And, and you're ready if that scenario presents itself. And a little bit later on, we're going to tell you how to leverage that in negotiations. So hang tight to the end. We're going to give you our biggest tip and trick when leveraging consignment and how it can work to your advantage so yeah well you got me hooked i'm staying until the end all right all right good good (laughs) i'm glad i'm not losing you molly i am hooked i am in it to win it now in it to win it all right so i know um for me with what i do the mixture i do with sourcing i think the biggest thing with that is having money cash available Right. And having your limits set and what you know you can't afford to spend to source items. Hey, what's a good way to do that to figure out how much money you actually have to source with? 
I think there's a book club out there that's going on from C Chats, and we are doing Samantha Profit First. Profit First. Why don't y'all give a little overview on that one? Well, from my perspective, Libby just holds my hand and walks me through the entire thing. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, how nice would it be if I'm going to put myself in somebody that thrifts a lot in, in their shoes? So at consignment chats, I think we all hold dear the tenant that we should not go into debt running our businesses and we should be using cash on hand and only doing things that our business income supports. Okay. How nice would it be if you knew every week, every time you went out sourcing, thrifting, doing retail arbitrage, if you knew exactly how much money you had to spend? Mm-hmm. Down to the penny. Mm-hmm. Would that be amazing if you knew, oh, I have $100 to spend today. I have $2,000 to spend this week. Whatever your number is, and you know that your business is going to support it, that's already set aside for you to be able to spend. Wouldn't that be amazing? Also, with all those reseller conventions out there and the traveling and the things that people want to do. Yeah, you can have a separate account for that too and know exactly what you need to put in there or what you already have to know if you can go to these things and not have all the FOMO. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like that is that is amazing to me to know how much exactly you have to spend and you're not doing calculations in your head. Well, if I have to pay this consigner out and I still have on my card you know, $1,000 from that RA I bought. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I can do that. No, no, no more. No right. more. And the no nice more. thing about the book club is Libby is getting some awesome people in there to talk to us and explain it further. You had someone come in and do a demo for a banking app that is profit first base and helps with all the calculations and percentages. And you... The one chapter we just did was a little confusing. You made a spreadsheet for everybody. We just had to plug in a couple <laughs> numbers. She literally holds our hands, guys. It's great. <laughs> great. And we record them so you can go back. If you're in the book club, you can go back and watch them. You don't have to yeah. feel super obligated to be there every single week. Or you can jump in in the middle and catch up either yeah. way. I was just going to say that because I have missed a couple and the beauty of it is I feel like we're like doing a promo for book club, but seriously, book club's free y'all. We're not making this something <laughs> free. You can get into our community and join, but it's so nice when you do have things come up that you do the private recording of every week meeting and put it out there privately so that those of us that miss it can actually catch up and see because I was sad I missed the banker and I want to hear what she has to say. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I get to go back and watch those. So it's never too late to join book club. Yeah. Yeah. And profit first or no, like setting aside money works for every form of reselling, right? Mm -hmm. Like our, like I'm going to use consignment as an example. I know my consigners funds are in a separate account and that doesn't even touch my you know, income, like it's just put aside. I never look at it. I never worry about it. It's not my money. Yep. Um, my money to spend, if you're doing out 
buy outright or you're thrifting or anything like that, it goes into a separate account. You know, at any given time, exactly how much you have in there that you can afford to buy outright for. So yeah, it, it pretty much works across the board. And I think knowing your numbers and knowing how much you have to spend so that you don't um, try to guess <laughs> is, is great. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. works for any, any form of reselling. I really think now, if you're into um, buying things on credit, I understand that there are certain situations and uh, certain forms of reselling that that's your business model. Um, that's great. You can work, you can work that in there too, but that's not really what we talk about. Um, and it's not really how we um, have chosen to run our businesses. So. Yeah. Now, I do use mine for one retail arbitrage place. I do have one because the discount that I get helps in my overall for flipping those items that I get from there. However, I don't ever use it unless I know I have that money already set aside to completely pay that off. Mm -hmm. I only use it because it gives me extra 15% Ooh, off. That's a really good point. I use credit cards because I get the points, mm -hmm. but I never spend more than I have in my OPEX account. Correct. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's a really good point because I'm not saying we don't use credit cards and we're not getting those points and we're not getting rewards like that because yeah. I mean, I definitely am. It's yeah. just the money has to be there. You got to make sure you got it. So you can pay it right off. So yeah. So I made a mistake. I'm going to be honest, since we're on the money thing, I made a mistake. I, so we, my, my husband kept an envelope in our safe that was Molly's mission money. And it was basically my garage yard sale money. And something came up and I was like, oh, just grab the envelope. I think we needed tips or something for something. Well, of course, it never got back in there. It stayed in my purse and was used. Then, you know, Nick's like, oh, we got to have a couple of dollars for this. Oh, well, here, I got it here. Well, I went sourcing and Nick ran to the bank after his run and we went sourcing. And for the first time when we got home and he put the numbers together, he was like, at this moment, you can't pay the envelope back. Uh -oh. And I went, what? Oh. That sinking feeling because I had done so well keeping myself up and I let it just get out of hand between a couple of back-to-back -back trips that we took and mm -hmm. pulling that out for that. Oh, well, let's just grab this because we don't have time to go to the, you know, ATM and grab it. Just grab the envelope and we'll put it back. And we never did. And usually we're very good about it. And so this week I catch it back up and I get to go, whew, because this, we realized this last week and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, that probably served as an awesome reminder of how good it feels to know that money is set aside and like oh, yeah. the, the confusion and the frustration and the stress and anxiety when you're not quite sure. Oh, I hated it. It gave my stomach such a gross feeling when that happened. I think I told you, Libby, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I messed up. And it just was such a gross feeling. And when you're doing something like profit first, you're you're not going to have that gross feeling because everything has got its designation. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, not that, that, I love the point of like making a mistake because mistakes are are to teach us right yes i mean yeah. if you look back with curiosity on what happened why it happened 
how it made you feel, how you're going to not do that in the future, things you're going to do to avoid it. This was a conversation I have with my kids all the time. All right, well, you didn't do well in that class or, you know, you had this issue. That's fine. It's done. But I want you to look and I want you to see what happened and what you're going to do different next time and what you learned in the process. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely a lesson learned. You don't want to feel that way again. No, I don't want to feel that way again. We just kind of let it get out of hand for a couple of weeks. And I was like, wait a minute. And it'll probably never happen again now. No, because we just took a couple of weeks off of the accounting part. We're just willy nilly traveling and doing this, that, and the other. And I would source here and source there while we traveled. And then all of a sudden we sit down at the computer to do it all. And we were like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, Mm -hmm. oh. No O's. <laughs> and if they happen, put the brakes on until you can fix it. So I had to put the brakes on. My brakes are on. Um, I already know I'm going to be caught up. So now I got to get good sales this week because I got to have a little bit of sourcing money when I go on our trip next week. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, I'm thinking about opening a storefront. I'm not really. I'm just playing the role of somebody who's thinking of opening a storefront. <laughs> I love being online only. Okay. But how do I decide what kind of business model I'm going to do? I'm thinking, I'm trying to decide like whether buyout right is going to be right for me or whether consignment is going to be right for me, whether buying wholesale is something I'm going to do. And I don't know. I don't know. Like, what are some things we should consider when doing that? What types of items or what's, what's the theme of your store? What are you going to be selling? Cause that's going to dictate mm. where you're getting your, your sources from, where you're getting your inventory from. Right. So what do you think some of the benefits like of buyout right are as opposed to doing uh, consignment? Um, you don't have to worry about back and forth with that consigner over the next 60 days or six months mm-hmm. or whatever your terms are. Yep. It's just one and done. So that stuff is yours. And whether you mark it way down or mar- none of that matters because it is now your inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot less um, customer service, a lot less management of that inventory because it just comes into your inventory and you buy it outright. And you can do both. I mean, you could do both. You can do consignment, you can do buy outright, you can do wholesale. Um, yeah, there are a lot that have the business model that do both, both yeah. buy out and consignment and just change, you know, the percentage you get for whichever one you choose. I was just going to say that. So, you have to pay for buy outright up front. However, it, it's going to be normally less than the consigner split you would do if you did it on consignment. So that's a pro and a con. You still need to know your percentage if you're doing buy outright. Like what are you mm-hmm. offering? 20% of retail. You have to super inspect those items when you're doing out buy outright. So you have to be able to almost authenticate on the spot unless you're sending away, you know, to an authentication Mm -hmm. service and charging back for that. But you kind of need to be able to do that on the spot when you're doing buy outright. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. So there's, I think there might be a little more, um, where is in the long term with consignment, it's probably that that work is spread out over a period of time um, as you tag and research and 
authenticate whatever you need to do with that. I'm just one particular item, whatever you need to do with that. But um, with buy outright, you have to take care of that upfront because it's your money and you're, you know, you need to know what your percentage you're offering is, what, you know, if the item is authentic, if it has resale value, if it's even saleable at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the thing I always like, buy it. Like you were saying, going through it, I mean, how many times have we? had our eagle eye on a piece of clothing and know that it's in mint condition and you put it on the mannequin later and you get into the photography lighting and you go, oh my gosh, there's an oil stain I missed or the scene came undone or, I mean, that's going to happen. It happens when I source. I cannot tell you. I mean, I have picked up a pair of Meryl sandals and got real excited and got home to find out that I didn't notice the rubber was coming apart at a piece of it. You know, you mm-hmm. just, it's a risk when you do yeah. buy out or buy like that. It, it is a risk, but when it works out, it's a very nice thing. <laughs> it sure is. It mm-hmm. sure is. Um, let's see what else. So if you're in the, you know, so if you're in the, in a brick and mortar, that's something, definitely something to consider online is I, I thought it was a little bit more difficult to do a buyout because let's say you have somebody dropping off items, you have to go through and inspect each item and then you have to offer them something. So generally for us online sellers, people aren't standing in front of us while we're doing that. Sure. So it's 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 a little harder online, I think, to do buyout right than it is consigned to do consignment. Um, would you that agree with that or? I mean, I think that's a good point. Yes. Because you're not going when they're in the store, they're there and you're asking them to take, you know, the next 15, 20 minutes, look around while I go through your items. Yeah. And it's definitely different at home when they drop off. Right. Because you give them, I mean, typically with buyout, right. You would draw, you go through the items, then you give that person an offer to buy out. Right. And then they have the chance to come back and, you know, say, all right, well, not this item, or, you know, that's not as much as I was expecting or, oh, that's, that's great. Right. So there's that, that back and forth that you have to manage uh, up front. Wheeling and dealing. Yeah. So what happens when somebody is on the fence, like somebody with the items is on the fence about whether they want to do consignment or the buyout, right? How do you have that conversation with that potential. That was one of the tips. So that was the tip I was going to give you guys at the end for how to leverage your consignment. <laughs> oh, oh, do we? But maybe wait? we're wrapping up. Is that? Is that? I think we might have covered. <laughs> do we wait? Do we wait? Well, we have all the different ways to diversify. We didn't really say a lot about retail arbitrage. I have dabbled a little in that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just like any of it, when you're putting your money at risk, it's all about research. Mm-hmm. Research research before you invest your own money into it and don't get caught in that because i've done this myself oh everything's 90 percent off it's holiday it's whatever you still need to you can't just start filling carts and have all this stuff well it only cost me you know 20 dollars for all of this great but how much of that is actually going to sell do you have the space for all of it do you have the shipping boxes to take care of some of those bigger items or weird shaped ones? Like, don't just get caught up in the, oh man, it's such a good deal. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, you know, you'll end up with um, like four Christmas trees in your basement. (laughs) Why do I feel like somebody's speaking from personal experience? (laughs) I keep having to move those dang Christmas trees and I'm like, is it Christmas time yet? Come on. (laughs) Why don't you do a great deal? Listen, you can do a Christmas in July. Pull them out. It's coming up. And sometimes those retail arbitrage, if you're at a smaller store or you get to know managers, sometimes, you know, if you say what you're doing, not all the time, but um, a lot of time, like, and you develop a relationship with that manager that can lead into buying outright consignment, Mm -hmm. like don't limit, you know, don't limit yourself. There are other options. Everything is generally up for negotiation. And I think that's more so even with small businesses and it's fun to build relationships with smaller businesses, like the, you know, individually owned some, somebody in your neighborhood owns a boutique in the strip mall down the street. I mean, what a great relationship to build with them to say, Hey, you know, those things didn't sell when you had your sale. Well, let's make a deal and I'll take it off your hands. We have a couple of chatters. You what? We have a couple of sea chatters that have consignment contracts with thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. they get first dibs on things yep. that are coming in and they have stuff set aside for them to go through before it hits the floor because that thrift store knows that they could possibly make more money online and then you get the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that. There's um, like, if you're, Oh, like you're offering, don't forget, like if our, like Molly said, like a small business, thrift store, whatever, you're offering them a service. And a lot of times, uh, from my experience, these small businesses, these thrift stores are looking for someone to provide that service. They have dead stock, they have, you know, access inventory, they have limited space. They mm-hmm. are, lo- they are excited for your service. So, you know, present it as such, like you are solving a big problem that these stores have. Because we know what happens to a lot of it after from our friends, because we know that when they can't, a lot of that ends up in a dumpster. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We have seen it and that's what happens. Yeah. So as a seller, you can go in there and offer your services. Don't say, well, I can, I would not recommend saying, well, I can sell this for you. Or if maybe I could have some of your excess inventory. No, you're solving a problem for them. They are probably looking for someone like you. So go in with that attitude. Absolutely. How can I I help you? Help you. Yes. (laughs) Now I'm just thinking about dumpster diving. I wish I could do that here. That's another random thing that most people don't do. And I'm not necessarily recommending it, but I really like watching retail therapists when they go through and they dumpster dive. All the ones around here are locked. I'm going to do another cruise through because Melanie has been telling me what I should look for, but they find the coolest stuff. Definitely not like a business model of like, that's how you can guarantee your sourcing, but it's, it's just really cool to me. I like it. They are the rock stars of dumpster diving. Retail therapists, check them out. And they've made relationships even too with certain companies and making sure that things are now donated to them that they can pass on to others and stuff like that too. So they're solving a problem. Yeah. 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 Wow. I just, I know it always makes me nervous when I watch some of the videos of the people who dumpster dive because it's nighttime and they're like sneaking around and I'm waiting for the, what are you doing to come out of the back? And like, yeah. 
But I don't understand why, like I see some of them in like certain companies will put big black X's or they'll cut through them, like they'll literally cut sneakers up, like chop them in half so nobody can get them and use them. Why? Candles, they smash the big candles that people pay for. Why? Why wouldn't you want somebody to be able to get those and benefit and give them another life? I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. It's a societal problem. It is. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Second hand, guys. Do the second hand. (laughs) All right, Libby, we've been waiting till the end. Is it the end? Has it arrived? Have we talked about everything we need to talk about, about diversifying? All right. So let's say, let's, let's role play. Cause I know Molly loves this. Oh my God. <laughs> she hates when I, she hates when I put her on this spot. All right. I am going and I have, um, a boutique down the street. They are going out of business. They need to do something with their excess inventory. Um, I kind of know what they have and I have, I have a, decent amount of cash but and I'm going and I'm approaching them so I'm consignment ready I know my terms of consignment I know how much money I have in the bank and I'm willing to spend on this inventory so how do I leverage all of this to get the best buyout deal that's agreeable to me that's agreeable to the consigner to the boutique owner Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Number one, you give them a choice. Yes. You give them all the options. Choice. Choices always make it to make both, both choices benefit you. Both mm-hmm. choices benefit them. So I will say to them, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars in, in resale value. You're buying out this boutique. It's a hundred thousand dollars in resale value. You can say, you know, I can offer you right now, and this is, you're going to go real low to do a buyout. You're going to go real low because it is your money you're risking. You've already researched the items. You know it's worth it, but you're going to go real low. I would even say 10%, between 10 and 20% of the resale value. Um, You would say to them, I can offer you $10,000 to do the buyout. However, we have a second option that you'll probably earn quite a bit more uh, and you take out your consignment agreement. You can say, you know, we can sign over the next three months. Um, you will get 50% of all sales. And that's going to equal more than the $10,000 I can offer you to buy out right now in cash. You can say you probably earn, I can't guarantee it, but you know, you're probably looking at more, you're looking at closer to, you know, 30 to $40,000 as opposed to the 10 I can offer you in cash right now. And that way you're giving them a choice, right? Mm -hmm. You're happy with the $10,000. That's totally worth it to you. Or, you know, you can hold out and you don't have to put any money out and they're going to make more. What do they need right now? I'm offering you these two services. What works best for you? And Mm -hmm. yeah, so on on one hand, you're going to get an amazing consignment. On the other hand, you're going to pay a steel price for that inventory by taking that risk. So, and let them choose because as long as both options are totally agreeable to you and your business. So 
um, that is an amazing way you can leverage consignment, not leave money on the table and make the person you are negotiating with feel in charge of making that choice. Yeah, like, like I said, I've even done it at garage sales. Oh, you know, they have a whole table of I don't know, certain kind of jeans or whatever that I that I know are going to sell really well. And I say, you know, I can give you X amount for the whole table or I'm sorry with Samantha. I do this kind of business. We could get you signed up right now and we could do that too. Cause they're closing up their thing. They still got stuff left over. They got whatever. And then you don't have to negotiate the, I can give you this right now because your negotiation piece is, or we can do consignment. Yeah. They either need the cash now or they'll, they'll take you up on the other one. They're not going to normally not come back with, oh, actually I'd like X amount instead. Or cause now they're just trying to wrap their mind around consignment and thinking about that option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good advice. This is why it is very important, no matter where you go, that you tell people what you do. Do not be scared to tell the people running the garage sale or yard sale or estate sale what you do because you can benefit from that in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, let's think about the al- the alternative here. Like Samantha is looking at that table of jeans. She says, I can offer you $20 for the table now. You're probably make do- at least double that if you can sign. And they're trying to decide. Or let's say you went up to them and you said, I will pay you $20 for that table of jeans. What would be the standard response would be, how about 40? How about, and then you right. do the back and forth negotiation that way. Now mm-hmm. I found that's not as beneficial to, to me to do that back and forth negotiation because now I'm getting up higher than I want it to spend. So, and you're putting that money out. And if things don't sell, then you're out that money. Right. Whereas if you do the higher percentage with consignment and they do that, you're not fronting anything. You're not out anything if it doesn't if it doesn't go through, your cash is freed up for that next buyout deal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <whoop>, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that there have got to be many of you that if you have not diversified your business, you are now ready to diversify your business. Um, let us know in the comments how you, you know, what you do. What is your business model? How do you get your product? We want to know, don't we, ladies? Yes, we do. I also want you to join all of our communities. We have our Facebook community, consignment chats community that you can come. We talk about stuff like this all the time in there. We host a weekly Tuesday listing party at listperfectly.com. And we just talked about this kind of the last two weeks we've talked about this in there. So if you like this kind of stuff, we got more for you. Come talk to us. (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet. I don't know what you're waiting on. Subscribe, hit the bell so you get notified because we do do lives. Oh, I said do do. <laughs> we do lives. <laughs> we do lives once a month. So month and reviews and you would get notified when that's happening so you don't miss it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, my friends. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Find all the ways to connect with us on consignmentchats.com. Episodes are available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. In addition, join our free private Facebook community.